a group from Poland called Taraka and a song that was written um, shortly after, about eight years ago after the Maidan outbreak and that was Podaruka Ukraini and Lend a Hand to Ukraine and uh, certainly Poland is stepping up to the plate and continues to do that now. Taraka with Podaruka Ukraini. Dobry večer i vitaju vas vsih dorihi radiju suhači na radio programu Naš Holos, radio Ukrajinskoho Korinja, katera podjeci vam na bahatomovni radio stanciji AM 1320, CHMB u misti Vancouveri, pri mikrofoni Pavlina. Hello there and welcome to Naš Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio here on CHM, AM 1320 CHMB Vancouver. I'm your host, Pavlina. Thank you so much for joining me. We've got uh, a pretty full show today. We've got a couple of interviews. Uh, of course, everything is rec- is relating to the war in Ukraine. Uh, we You get the news, so we can't really get with once a week. Uh, we can't really give you breaking news, but we can certainly give you um, re- accounts and reports of how this war is affecting people and uh, what you can do to help. So we've got in, in, a couple of interviews, one with um, Oksana Poboraznik from Duncan, B.C., about um, her struggles uh, trying to keep in touch with her family in Western Ukraine. As well, Jean Berezovsky of Ukraine War Amps will give us an update and their new program, How You Can Help People on the Ground Now. Um, as well, we've got, we hear from a musician who um, is, again, in the Viv and is uh, 
caught up in all the events of the war, and uh, he shares some of his thoughts as well. So stay tuned for all of that. Also, a usual proverb of the week, other items of interest, and there will be some Ukrainian music as well. Coming up next is a song by a young girl from Vancouver, and her name is Abigail. Here she is with a song she just released. It is called My Ukrainian Dream. Моя українська мрія, моя українська доля, очі твої, небо моє, серце твоє, сонце моє, святе. Я йду і будую шлях свій, цілом, що є тут моє. Every day, more Ukrainian soldiers are killed or wounded by Russian invaders. 
You can help wounded heroes by joining the Adopt-A-Soldier program of registered charity Ukraine War Amps. A small monthly donation goes very far for medical services and living expenses and creates a special bond between you and a wounded hero. 100% of your contribution goes to the soldier. Please, adopt a soldier today. Visit ukrainewaramps.ca or find us on Facebook. Thanks to the foresight and generosity of its donors, the Shevchenko Foundation has been investing in the future of the Ukrainian-Canadian community for over 50 years. Since 1963, the Shevchenko Foundation has been funding initiatives that strengthen our Ukrainian-Canadian identity and enhance our Ukrainian-Canadian cultural heritage. These include fine and performing arts and arts groups, museums, cultural centers, education, as well as authors, journalists, and the Ukrainian-Canadian media, including this program. The Foundation strives to become the premier not-for-profit foundation in a Canada which acknowledges the Ukrainian-Canadian community as a fundamental component of Canadian society. Nash Hollis listeners are encouraged to support this vision through continued donations into the future. To apply for grants, make a donation, or for more information, visit ChochenkoFoundation.com. Early bird weekend passes for Canada's National Ukrainian Festival 2022 are now available for only $110. Don't miss the very best in Ukrainian culture, food, music, and dancing on August long weekend in Dauphin, Manitoba. Visit Canada's National Ukrainian Festival on Facebook for featured entertainment. For only $110, early bird weekend passes are now available for Canada's National Ukrainian Festival 2022 in Dauphin, Manitoba. By phone at 204-622-4600 or online at cnuf.ca. Last Wednesday, I sat down with Oksana Pobarajnik, who co-hosts the Nanaimo edition of Nash Holis, which airs Wednesdays at 11 a.m. on CHLY 101.7 FM. We talked about what was on our minds as much as on anyone else's minds, of course, the war in Ukraine, and how it is affecting not only ourselves, but obviously the people in Ukraine, the human cost of this war, which it seems those who are waging war, as usual, never think about. Here is our conversation. course, this is an unprovoked war. There's That could be a controversial statement for some people. If you take into account the fact that Ukraine has never had expansionist ambitions, they have never, ever encroached on anyone else's sovereign borders, but Russia has encroached on Ukraine. So we here at Nasholos take the position that Russia is the aggressor, and so there's nothing much more to be said. Ukraine is under siege. Ukraine is being attacked, and People are dying. This is not a game. This is not something on your just on your computer screens. I'm worried sick myself. I have friends there, and I worry every day. I just it's it's unspeakable. But that's me, Oksana, who has been with us here on Nashola since 2016, has family there. You have father. You have a sister, right, Oksana? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I have a lot of cousins and uncles and aunts. Yes, in different parts. Yeah, and your husband as well has uh, relatives closer to where the where the fighting began and around mm-hmm. Kiev. Yes, yes, yes. It's uh, uh, yeah, his sister and uh, her family. They live uh, near Kiev, Bilatserkwa. My cousins uh, and her family lives in Kiev, and even cousin stays there because her sons fighting. And uh, they fight in uh, one in army and another one in uh, territory defense called Ter Oborona, where people like civils people uh, sign for that to protect the city, to right. uh, look for uh, different diversions, to protect from explosive things, from uh, explosive bombs, right. some even could be found on uh, parks. Grenades and things like yes. that. Uh, and also at night, people are not allowed to be outside. So only who works in uh, 
territory defense called Terroborona. They allowed to be outside and looked for all suspicious uh, activities. Yeah. Uh, because uh, no lights in city, completely dark, absolutely no lights allowed. Oh, really? Yes. And uh, it was said that found some kind of signs, luminescent signs on the roofs and on the streets. Oh, right. They are visible for uh, aircrafts. It's like uh, the targets for a target, bombing. A target, yes. yeah. And also they just search everyone for these signs and try to clean or hide some somehow. It was even a joke. <laughs> okay, it's very uh, like hard situation, but Ukrainians always can find jokes. Uh, you know, everywhere, of course, there are drug dealers. Mm-hmm. And uh, drug dealers in Ukraine put uh, some signs on the roads or special places. And now people, it's jokes, like senior women, mm-hmm. they don't understand what sign they have to cover and paint it or clean. Okay. So they cleaned all signs, even drug dealer signs. <laughs> That's another one joke. So silver lining to every dark cloud. <laughs> you were saying that... Um, you mentioned there's a curfew now for people. You also mentioned we spoke a few days ago uh, after everything started and all hell broke loose, and you said that people are afraid to leave their homes because of, of looting. People would break into people's homes and... and oh, yes. Yeah, of, it's ever, again, it's everywhere. It's nothing specific to some country or another country. I think it's everywhere. In war that happens. Uh, yes, people... it's empty homes without proper watching. They are very vulnerable. Yeah. In many cities, especially in big ones, there are a lot of people who came from Russia because war didn't happen one day. It was prepared much, much before. So a uh, special last couple months for sending more people inside the societies. You mean like sort of like spies or infiltrators? Or? Uh, yes, a second one, not spies. Spies, two spies were, were working much before, of course. Right. But uh, yes, just Russian army, it's not just they came, they crossed the border. They invited much, much before. Mm-hmm. They kind of civil peoples who yeah. tried to find all locations, make all maps. To give to the Russian army yes, so they yes, could... Yes, because oh, it was planned, kind of called... Blitzkrieg to end the war like for one, two days. Right. Just destroy completely. It didn't happen. But these people still are there. And of course, maybe in Ukrainians who are not very patriotic, a lot of people everywhere can uh, just steal and destroy properties. Just just general chaos. Just, yeah. Yes, yeah. and chaos that's uh, everywhere. It's not something unique it's typical so yes people from territorial defense they looked also and every building have schedule for people who live in the building especially for men they have to stay awake uh, like one hour or two hours and they walk on the stairs Patrol. Elevators, control. Yes, all doors try to be closed at night and these, these men are walking and trying to control. They also go into the roof to see if any suspicious yeah. things. And even in the west part, like in Ternopil, they said... That's where your family's from? Yes. Yeah. They might die there. They found also some suspicious. So even what they do, they look for papers in doors, like uh, kind of notes. Like, it's typical in Ukraine when you come to someone's home and nobody is there. So to leave some, to write some notes and put in like a door. Right. And the next day they all like walk and see what the notes, because they say don't leave any notes over day. Right. Because it means nobody lives there. Oh, wow. Do you know anybody whose homes were looted? I heard close? about uh, from my friends in Lviv region oh. in small towns. Really small mm-hmm. towns. That's mm-hmm. sad. Your dad is in Ternopil and your sister as well. My sister lives in Lviv region in, okay. in the village. 
in a village. In a village. Okay. In the rural area, they came from US last year. Oh. They decided to live in Ukraine and do farming, especially bees, bees farming. Oh, beekeeping. Beekeeping. Oh. Yes. They cannot live now, not because they don't. Yes, they don't want, of course, this one uh, reason. Another reason is we have a lot of senior relatives and. They need some care, so they so have the, to stay. To take care of the relatives, the mm-hmm. elderly relatives, mm-hmm. yeah. And you sent a picture that, that your daughter received from one of her friends in Kiev about a bomb shelter. Again, this bomb shelters might be uh, looked like something underground. Like a bunker. Spaces, yeah. uh, but most, most not. This is kind of root cellar. And a very limited space. I heard one relatives. They said cannot even sit there. We have oh. to stay f- like for hours. It's very cold there. Not heating. Oh my! Uh, good ones. People prepare it with electric heating if electricity available or sleeping bags like winter sleeping bags. Mm-hmm. Wearing very warm clothes because it, they stay for hours. Depends on the city. Right. In Kiev, they stay most time. Yeah. There in my city in Ternopil, several times, mostly at night. So not nice to wake up mid of the night and go. My dad, he he follows all rules. Mm-hmm. Uh, other relatives, they live on fifth floor. They don't have the shelter in their building, so they have to go to neighborhood. Oh. And they don't do. That. They just stay in their just, just stay in their apartment. Stay so if a bomb hit, they w- they would. Yeah, oh God! We just hope uh, Ternopil is not big target uh, yeah. because it's oof. it's kind of off the beaten track. It's yeah, off. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, we'll, we'll pray for them, but pray for all the people in harm's way. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad your family's okay. That's not uh, not the, my family, my uh, second cousin family, my dad brother actually cousin and his uh, family they live close to Luhansk uh, maybe you heard the name of the city Shchastya what was destroyed almost like 80% completely, completely destroyed they yeah. live nearby oh. village and they have root cellar that's a small town Shchastya it, it's crazy big target for uh, all Russian I don't know why, maybe because it's on the main road. It was a big target eight years ago, too. And that time they lived months they on li- the root cellars, underground. Mm-hmm. For months, on, really? Several months, yes. It's just time to time they went out to take some food, but they had vegetables there so yeah. because they have farm. Right. Not big farm, but just, just farm. Yeah. And they didn't want to leave. They said... Because they have livestock, they say, "Where what we will do with livestock?" Yeah, uh, just they just like to live there, and, so and at that time they adjusted to live that situation. And now I don't know how they because I tried to talk about them with my dad, and he said, "Try don't call them because it might might be um, recognized by Russian." Where they are, so they try to be like out of connection. Right. They, so I don't know how they are now. So people can't even reach out to these people. They're they all alone. They called first two days, and uh, after much more hard bombing, they didn't call more. If if they're alive, then they're. I, they, I hope they're alive. Yeah. yeah, but but who knows, right? Who knows? That's the problem with mm-hmm. the situation right now. Really, who knows? So you're just kind of, I guess, hanging on by a thread from day to day, mm-hmm. getting communications from whoever. It's terrible that it's not safe to try and communicate with somebody now. That's In most part, that's fine. But that part, because it's very close to border and yeah. uh, in village, it's not protected. Village is not protected. Big yeah. cities, even the big targets and high, uh, heavy fights there, they kind of protected. Well, you've got the, you said the Oberona, the, the basically patriotic defense in, in big cities, right? That, yes, yes. And these are the ones you're talking, they, they patrol and they control things and yes, they, yes, yes. they basically keep people yes. safe. 
yes, they try to keep all like seniors and uh, mom with kids, yeah. children, they try yeah. to keep protected. Right. Teenagers, my friend's daughter, she's 16, so from 16, and uh, my teacher, my school teacher, so he is about 73, 74, I think. Yeah. And he's, he's also- helping too. Yeah. Uh, women with kids. They try to organize like food mm-hmm. because if they stay most time in shelters, they don't have enough food. They have mm-hmm. maybe limited time to go out to their uh, apartments and yeah. prepare something because it's school time. Another just keep kids busy yeah. studying, playing. Yeah. And the most scared people said the sound. They said it's just break heads the sound oh. they said everything we already adjust like six days they already adjust to everything but not not to sound the sound mm-hmm. yeah so for things like food and uh, medicines in particular medicine yeah. because these people uh, who patrol roads and buildings mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's very cold there people didn't adjust to be outside and the cold yeah. Too long, yeah. Because you know they well, move to jobs, yeah. Shops, just short period, maybe one hour. Then, yeah. So that they have warm clothes, but not like as army warm clothes. But they have to stay hours now at night, especially. Yeah. It, it's very cold. Yes, and they getting sick very quick. Sure, and, sure. And of course, if like stress. Oh yeah. Not good with stomach, and yeah. maybe they drink not very. Like clean water or maybe food yeah. not very clean. Well, and yeah, well, they wouldn't be eating regular meals. Even even you're not because yeah. you're also, stressed. Also, no medical help. People cannot get to the doctors. And of course, uh, that's that's problem too. Yeah. So the city is under siege. Are businesses like grocery stores? Depends on the city. Yeah. Uh, like in Ternopil, they reduce their work hours, but they still work. Yeah. And people uh, who can work from home, they yeah. work from home. Even some, I heard, they go to the office. Yeah, I don't know about Ternopil how much business didn't work. But like in Kiev, I think most don't work. Yeah, they're just hunkering down, staying alive. Yeah. What about things like transport trucks? Again, transportation. Only people who are refugees inside the country, they have like special train ride or they cannot drive uh, freely if they want because first it's dangerous. Right. And second one, a lot of uh, patrols. Yeah. The same territory defense. They stay and stop everyone and check documents and if they have any suspicious, any they take these people to police and uh, check for more information. And that's uh, how they try to catch uh, people with not good intentions, yes. especially Russians. They have fake passports, not mm. Ukrainian passports, not Ukrainian citizens, but from another country, not from Russia. And really? when they uh, took these people to police and check all information, they discovered this is actually they from Russia. Wow. So That's, uh, people also these people like normal citizens they are scared. That's you have to understand because it's a war situation, and people under the so hard stress they can be very aggressive. Uh, sure, not everyone prepared to be strong mentally, so that's not very safe to to drive. Yeah, and also um, the same, even the like. Second day or third day, a lot of refugees from the east and south part, mm-hmm. they moved to Ternopil and they said the main road were destroyed. So oh. they used like small roads yeah. from villages. Yeah. It took long time too. Yeah. No buses. Uh, yeah. it, for example, in Ternopil, there are no buses more, only trolley, trolley bus, like train, electric trains. Right. Uh, because all buses were taken to defense. Right. Oh, to to transport the mm-hmm. defenders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oksana, my heart's breaking for for you and for all the people who have relatives in Ukraine and for all the people in Ukraine. 
This is CHMB AM 1320, Vancouver. Early bird weekend passes for Canada's National Ukrainian Festival 2022 are now available for only $110. Don't miss the very best in Ukrainian culture, food, music, and dancing on August long weekend in Dauphin, Manitoba. Visit Canada's National Ukrainian Festival on Facebook for featured entertainment. For only $110, early bird weekend passes are now available for Canada's National Ukrainian Festival 2022 in Dauphin, Manitoba. By phone at 204-622-4600 or online at cnuf.ca. Last week we spoke with Jean Berezovsky of Ukraine War Amps about the assistance that they are providing to Ukrainian veterans as well as current defenders of Ukraine during this war. I caught up with him to get more details for you about their Save Ukraine project. It's a new one that's just been created specifically to address the current war. There are not only veterans that they are looking after, but also now there are defenders, there are soldiers and civilians in the streets that are actually patrolling and uh, keeping civilians safe. And they need a lot of help right now. Things are incredibly disrupted in Ukraine. So we spoke and I uh, was just asking him, you know, what is the situation on the ground and how can we help practically? Because everyone is asking, what can we do, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course. And, uh, and so, yeah, so I'm talking to, to a lot of people and we actually send in down to Ukraine a lot of financial aid working on parcels, so mm-hmm. we do very, 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 very crucial things, and we have, you know, Ukraine Warhams always had its unique niche. Mm-hmm. Whatever we do, no one does. Right, yeah, yeah, well, and that's why, I don't know how we connected years ago, but I'm so glad that we did, because um, you really do amazing work, and it just goes so much further. Last time we talked was just 10 days ago, and we didn't even know if there would be a war, at the time, we were hoping there wouldn't, but of course... Oh my goodness, yeah, it was a Remember? completely different reality. Wasn't it? I know, 10 days, what a difference. So at the time, we were talking about was the help that we could give, you could give, through um, people, like, I guess the defenders at that time already, they were, uh, you know, starting to patrol and things like that. And yeah. yeah, so, but even more so now, and people have been asking, you know, they seem to want to have the aid going directly to people who are on the front, as opposed to, I guess, veterans prioritizing, I guess, what they feel is priority for their dollars. But you have come up since with a program called Save Ukraine. Can you tell us a little bit more about that, Gene? Sure. Uh, we, uh, right now, we actually just uh, started this new program to address uh, new needs under current uh, changing circumstances. Right. And uh, what we do within our new program, Save Ukraine, we actually helping our people on the ground to defend Kiev, to de- defend our cities. We're addressing right. their needs, uh, helping them with the financial aid mm-hmm. and sending parcels. Right. Um, with uh, tactical gloves, uh, tactical glasses, power banks, you know, so they can charge their phone to be in touch with the world. Ah. Very important. Yes. Uh, taking a bit of time to organize the parcels and send uh, that down there. And then we actually develop second direction. We send in financial aid directly to our defenders. Mm-hmm. So they have some funds to get, to purchase, to find the stuff they need locally or source it from neighbors like Poland, right. which is uh, fast and quicker. So this financial part of uh, Save Ukraine is very important. Uh, money transfer mm-hmm. goes in their hands in uh, in minutes right. and allows them to buy food, medication, etc. right away, like today, right. day right. for today. Right. Yeah, so that's what we do. And, uh, you know, Adopt a Soldier, our program that we've been running for so long. Right. And uh, we helped actually so many veterans and families in Ukraine. Now, Adopt a Soldier actually connected with our new program, 
save Ukraine as uh, many recovered wounded soldiers of 2014-2015 returned, came back to oh, wow. Ukraine, to armed forces. Yeah, wow. and they actually those who know who know how to fight, who fought that enemy, same enemy before. They with a lot of experience, right. and uh, they are our eyes and ears over there. Wow. And uh, we get information from them, like first-hand information. Our volunteers are there as well. And uh, that basically allows us to build a certain networking, share information, right. share information about current needs and how those needs could be addressed. Right. And I remember talking with, with Nick Budarevsky, and he's one of them, right? He, he took me around. Correct. He took me to the exactly. hospital. And I met I met the soldier that I adopted for one month, and he was a triple amputee, and he was one of the defenders of Donetsk. He was a cyborg. And so I imagine you helped many of those cyborgs who were wounded, and they're, these are the ones, the very ones, who so ferociously held that airport, yep. Donetsk, for so long, and, and they knew. And I asked him, when I saw the little flag above his bed and it said and I was reading it Kiborg cyborg and you know Nick's eyes just lit up and he said yeah he was a cyborg he was translating because um uh, uh yeah, yeah. only spoke um Russian and and I I asked so I said Nick does he know because this was 2015 and it had just fallen right and and there was this, all this controversy where they volunteer you know were they just these these citizens that wanted to separate or was it really Russian military because everybody was poo-pooing the idea that it was actually Russian military and he said no it was and because he was trained he was a trained soldier and he said no no they were that was military that was no volunteers and so, mm-hmm. so these are the guys you're saying that are going back to the front now that you helped. Yeah. And had you not helped well, them, they would not be able to, to, to provide these eyes and ears and all this, in, this, this intelligence to the people now. That correct? Exactly. That's correct. And uh, Nick, you met before, he's actually defending Ukrainian capital right now as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Nick, one of the... Oh, he's so sweet. ...for joining, yeah, he's always there. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and uh, a lot of things needed, like from bulletproof jacket to to just simple water supply. Yeah. And uh, if uh, donating or buying and shipping... Uh, waterproof jacket taking time and efforts, then they can buy water or source water locally. Right. But financial assistance is highly appreciated in this case. Right, right. They're also driving their own cars, yeah, because right. if you heard, uh, to go around in Kiev, you don't need a tank for, for doing that. Yeah? Right, right. You need to go all around and you need to react quickly because yes. you uh, you called up from one corner, another corner. People suspect Russian troops there or Russian spy there. People calling. You need to move quickly, fast. Even a car repair or gas money yeah. needed. It's not always given for free. Yeah. by government because uh, it, no one was uh, ready for, for logistics were not yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. So it's really, really critical then to to support uh, um, Ukraine war amps. I mean, people are going to Red Cross and, and who knows where that money is going when it will get there. How how quickly, when, when you donate to Ukraine war amps, how quickly does it get dispersed? Instantly. Instantly, okay. It just, Good. yeah, Good. instantly. Yeah. Every day, every day. Okay. We're supporting our defenders in Kiev and uh, uh, region on the Eastern Front as well. Okay. Uh, in uh, Ivano-Frankivsk and Zhitomir, we also provide some humanitarian aid supplies for civilians. Right. And uh, as, as you know, families of fallen soldiers, yeah. families of some veterans, disabled veterans, they uh, they hiding in their basements. They need treatment. They need medication. Yeah. And uh, they almost forgotten by by everyone. Yeah. And they can help themselves. Yeah. They need uh, assistance, and here we come. In. And for them, it's 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 a miracle. Yeah. They call sure. us like angels yeah. and gods and miracle. Well, you they are. couldn't believe somebody. From why we Canada found them in Kiev's basement oh, and help. Oh. Well, well, you are seriously, and I mean, you're all volunteers. You don't have a staff. You don't have administrative costs or anything like that, right? Oh, correct. Yeah, 
Okay. We do it for, for ourselves, for our Ukraine. Yeah. And, you know, and as we often say, united with them. Yeah. And I mean, this is, this is not just, just Ukraine's battle. It is the, for the rest of the world as well. Because if Ukraine doesn't, doesn't push back Putin, who knows what's going to happen? I mean, it's, it's, it's critical. So, uh, and, and, the, and the money, what the, the, diff- like the currency difference between the Canadian dollar and the Hrevnia is, is, Vast. It's like the hrebnia is kind of like around the the peso, the value. Something. So, how many Canadian dollars to a hrebnia right now? You it's know? Uh, twenty-seven hrebnia for to, American dollar. To, okay, and so um, income, like a monthly salary, is what we, uh, we don't know. M- many people cut off of any income right now. Essentially, oh, nothing at well, all. It's, it's, oh. Yeah, well, it, it's a war. Yeah, it just yeah. happened last week. Right. No one was ready, prepared. Government institutions were caught up by surprise. So yeah. it, it's not uh, it, it, like people stopped working because it, if you talk about Kiev and Kharkiv in that era, because it's impossible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And everything closed down. Actually, you know, all these central or eastern Ukrainian towns and cities, it's like ghost cities and towns. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So people cut off any income, sometimes even supplies, and hunger is coming. Hunger is on its yeah, way. Yeah. Uh, Stanislav Antropov is a disabled veteran who's hiding now in, in his basement, unfinished basement, wet, cold basement oh. with his wife, kid, oh. and wife, sister. And uh, he has uh, diabetes. And oh. right now, three days, no medication. Oh, dear. And uh, what we are doing, we're trying to get him out of Kiev because uh, he's almost on the front line and it's a bomb shelling and a rocket bombing rock non-stop especially night time and uh, it's a, it's a humanitarian disaster right yeah, now yeah, and yeah. Uh, and Stanislav with essentially with two women and being disabled yeah. it's it's pretty horrible situation it's hard to imagine his situation yeah, yeah. but he's saying again thanks to our financial help he was able to order food. He paid for food, but somebody actually did delivery to his basement. Wow! So he got, yeah, yeah he got some basic medication, but nothing for diabetes. And uh, again, he also zero income, zero money. Yeah. Uh, we hoping to get him out of there to Western Ukraine, and then we'll need to help him maybe with some rental or rental yeah. apartment or get him to Poland where he can receive uh, treatment. Right. Yeah. But, but right now, we, we, we don't know how the family going to survive. As we speak now, Paulette, we, we don't know what's going on in that basement and around that house. Yeah. It's hard to comprehend, Jean. It really is. We've never, yeah. we've never won't known war, so it's. Uh, what what we know for sure that uh, we we helped him already mm-hmm. within the last couple of days, within last week, and uh, there is a hope we can help him even more and see this uh, family, you know, somewhere out of danger, take this family out of danger in a safe place. Yeah, yeah. Well, and him and, but, and so many others too that that. You'll be helping. Exactly. Just an example, yeah? Yeah, just one. Just one, yeah. Just one example, yeah. Jean, thank you so much for uh, for sharing this update with us, and thank you for the good work that you're doing. Um, if you're in touch with Nick, please um, send him prayers. Tell him people are praying for him here. And personally speaking, on all my friends, family, we're all praying um, a lot and uh, thinking of them and, you know, on pins and needles, and just praying that that they make it through this, and um, and this ends soon. Yeah, thank you, Paulette. Thank you for having me. It's really important to bring it up and let our listeners realize and judge the situation, and yeah. just rethink what everyone can do to help. Yeah, UkraineWarAmps.ca. Go there and just donate. That's the, probably the easiest. Yeah, yeah. PayPal mm-hmm. or e-transfer. Mm-hmm. Ukraine war ends at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Our email address yeah. will help as well. Okay. 
So um, Godspeed to you, Jean. Uh, again, thank you for the work you do. And we'll be in touch soon. And uh, you know, let us know what else we can do to help. Yeah, and Slava Ukraini. Heroim Slava. You know, one of the joys of doing Nash Holos is the opportunity to connect with musicians who do wonderful music. Recently, well, actually quite a few years ago now, uh, one uh, singer by the name of Dima Kondrashov reached out to us on our Facebook page and um, told us about his music and offered it to us. And we played a few tunes a few times and then we kind of lost touch life went on that was back 2017 and then last friday he sent a heartfelt appeal to everyone who calls themselves human there is a terrible disaster in our beautiful country russia has declared war on us and unfortunately this is no longer just a threat but a horrible reality today our people are dying our houses are burning and collapsing now we need the support of everyone more than ever, because in fact this is not our war and the threat is not only to Ukraine. We know that the Ukrainian leadership has already asked for international support. However, important decisions about sanctions are made by people at higher levels, and this process is extremely slow. Now we appeal to ordinary people around the world to go to peaceful protests and demonstrations in their towns and cities so that the leaders of all countries can decide on such necessary sanctions against the Russian aggressor as soon as possible. We do not have time to wait, so if Ukraine collapses today, the security of Europe and the whole world is under threat. Possible destructive strikes on our nuclear and thermal power plants, gas pipelines, airports and other facilities will have catastrophic consequences for the entire planet. Let's stop this insanity together and save our land for the future generations. I replied to him and told him it was excruciating to feel so helpless, but that at the very least we could pray, and he said that that was one of the best things to do. He also was the one that told me that phone companies in many countries, including Canada, cancelled fees for calls to Ukraine. He said, we feel your support and prayers. Our people are brave and the enemy is shocked and depressed, although he's still strong. But keep fighting for us just as we keep fighting for ourselves and the entire Western world. On Wednesday evening, he sent a couple of recorded voice messages, and I'll play them for you now. In every cities and villages, um, we have... Uh, like checkpoints uh, there check documents and uh, check uh, cars uh, for this uh, for this reason we have huge traffic jacks uh, and we have little problem with gas uh, in our in the Lviv, in Lviv, little bit problem with gas, but uh, another we have enough. Hello, everybody, <coughs> and peace to everybody. Uh, I and my family, it's uh, right now, it's okay with us, but I right now in my car, uh, I'm driving. Uh, refugees to the Poland board uh, our church make this service and help people left our country uh, what else to say uh, everybody in Lviv uh, make some different uh, work or to help each other to help uh, refugees and um, uh, help army uh, right now it's not easy to find uh, some uh, de- uh, job to help another 
because uh, so a lot of people do some job that uh, you can find it because it's everybody uh, uh, anywhere any uh, another man do this job because every person in uh, our country trying to do something and thank you to all you who pray for us and help us uh, we love we love you and uh, thank you bye Dima Kondrashov from Lviv with his original composition Nizdevaisya, Don't Give Up. Every day, more Ukrainian soldiers are killed or wounded by Russian invaders. You can help wounded heroes by joining the Adopt-A-Soldier program of registered charity Ukraine War Amps. A small monthly donation goes very far for medical services and living expenses and creates a special bond between you and a wounded hero. 100% of your contribution goes to the soldier. Please, adopt a soldier today. Visit ukrainewaramps.ca or find us on Facebook. Early bird weekend passes for Canada's National Ukrainian Festival 2022 are now available for only $110. Don't miss the very best in Ukrainian culture, food, music, and dancing on August long weekend in Dauphin, Manitoba. Visit Canada's National Ukrainian Festival on Facebook for featured entertainment. For only $110, early bird weekend passes are now available for Canada's National Ukrainian Festival 2022 in Dauphin, Manitoba. By phone at 204-622-4600 or online at cnuf.ca. 
Nežáme všechny čele našeho programu, poradným proštěte si naště od týždeň, ale předtím je chci záležit vás s těmi slovami mudrosti. Kto zlo v svojemi žeti robiť, to netilke sobi a i narodovi svojemu škodiť. And our proverb of the week translates as whoever does evil hurts not only himself but also his nation and his people. And that brings us to the end of another edition of Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio here on AM 1320 CHMB Vancouver. Just a reminder that the Nanaimo edition of Nash Holos can be heard in Vancouver uh, on CHLY 101.7 FM. That's Wednesdays from 11 a.m. through now until 1 p.m. And it will be different programming than what you hear on this program. Um, we're covering as as we get it. So twice weekly programming of the Situation in Ukraine on Nasholos here in Vancouver, Saturdays at 6 p.m. and Wednesdays in Nanaimo at 11 a.m. That's 101.7 FM, and you can also catch the live stream at chly.ca as well. You can catch the live stream of this program at am1320.com. If you miss the on-air live stream broadcast, the podcast link will be available through our website, www.noshholos.com, where you can get links to the RSS feed and to a list of the episodes. As well, there's a link to our Patreon site there. I know there's a lot of demands on for support now, but if you can support us as well um, with even a dollar or two a month, that would be very much appreciated. And the link is there. It's called Patreon. It's the big orange one. And that is www.noshholos.com, where you can find all of that. Well, our time is about up, so we've got uh, Lvivsky Music to wrap it up for us, musically with Khajive Vilna Ukraina, Long Live Free Ukraine. I'm Pavlina on behalf of all of us here at Nasholos in AM 1320. Thanks for listening, and Dobranich. Slava Ukraini. Хай цвіте, хай цвіте червона кара.
Нехай згинуть гори, женьки, навічні віки. Нехай згинуть гори, женьки, навічні віки. Хай живе, живе вільна Україна, Хай живуть, живуть вічно козаки. Хай цвіте, хай цвіте червона калина, Нехай згинуть гори, женьки, навічні віки. Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.